0: Okay, it's been so long that I'm not to start this, but I'm back and it's been like nine months. I lost track of the podcast and I lost motivation to do it and I started to get into a state where I didn't think that I wanted to do it or if it was needed or, you know, all of those kind of self-sabotaging things that happen uh anytime we try to do something creative um so I just had to get to a point to where I was like okay no I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna I'm gonna do it I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna start recording again and yeah so this this is what I'm gonna do and I'm gonna own it in 2020. no separate self-deprecation in 2020. Um, okay, so the way the show is going to go now, I'm going to try a new format. I have a mix of pop culture stuff and still some grad school stuff. Um, I want to make this mix work because I'm interested in studying pop culture and there's just a lot of crazy shit happening out in the world and I want to talk about it with you guys and hopefully we can just continue to like have conversations all right so we'll get started with my first segment and i'm gonna call this my teaching corner and this is where i'll recap my week of teaching and then i might also rant (laughs) sometimes so So starting off, like, I would say that I'm much more of a chill and laid back teacher than I thought I was going to be. I understand that the writing class that I have that I'm required to teach is a requirement for the students. So I'm very lenient about turning things in and about. Um, styles of writing, I really encourage personal writing, which is shocking to a bunch of students because um, I guess in their past, they've been told that they can't like use their personal experiences, which is insane. Um, and then in terms of working with students, sometimes they can be awkward like, my class this term, um it just gets silent when you ask them questions and so I I saw that I had to put them in groups a bunch so that they would talk and then when I bring it back to the larger group they usually don't talk but at least they kind of just discuss things for that day um the class that I teach is college composition and last term was my first term teaching it I pretty much structured that class and this class on conversations about race, and specifically for the class I taught last term, it was about um, race technology and social media, and my students wrote papers based on those topics. Um, I was very upfront about discussing race in my class because I didn't want to be Doron a and Bush, and I didn't think that In a place like Oregon, in a place like Eugene, Oregon, specifically, you can't really beat around the bush with stuff like that because people are so um, colorblind, and they do this whole polite thing, but it's still racist. So I was just very upfront. I was like, yeah, we're going to talk about race, and we're going to talk about Oregon's black history. And a lot of students usually don't come with those backgrounds and they kind of share that they've never been taught u.s black history anything about slavery um one student told me that a video about oregon's black history they were assigned it as extra credit so it wasn't even part of the curriculum so the first time they ever have conversations about race um, and the anti-blackness of oregon um is was in my class which i i thought it was cool but also sad and also intimidating um brittany cooper's ted talk called the racial politics of time has been just a great resource to use uh because it just kind of gives students a introduction into learning that racism isn't over and it was never over um and that's pretty much what the ted talk is about how prevalent um racism is and how um race and time work together um and it it has a lot of uh, commentary about history as well um because britney cooper is a historian um so yeah i've been using that one a bunch and i actually made my students in my first class cite that TED Talk in their paper. So they had to basically respond to that, whatever topic they used, they had to respond to that. So I'd recommend uh, Brittany Cooper's The politics, uh, the Racial Politics of Time to anyone who wants to use it, uh, for teachers and for folks that, that want to listen to it, I'll put a link in the episode description. In my class this term, I'm teaching the second part of the composition course. Whereas the first part was getting students learning how to read more critically. This part is getting them to learn argumentation. Um, And what I kind of center this class on is conversations of race and feminism. And really that's just code word for black feminism. And we started off with, uh, doing brittany cooper's Ra- the racial politics of time and then we moved into Adichie's uh we should all be feminists and then we've read some stuff by barbara smith RJ lord and the kamahi river collective which was really interesting um uh, barbara smith and lord are famous black lesbian feminists for folks who don't know and they were writing at a time where the black power movement and the women's movement were excluding black women, uh, black lesbian women, and they were very vocal about speaking out about those things, and the Kamaki River Collective, um, which, uh, the Kamaki River Collective statement, which kind of revisits those ideas, Um, It's a really cool document to, I don't know if it's a document or essay, it's a statement. It's a really cool statement for uh, just to read and my students worked through it uh, and I didn't have them kind of like speak out loud about it. They just kind of worked in groups, but they were coming back with some great answers and I was, I, I just didn't have anything to say because, because they don't talk often I kind of assume that, oh, they're not reading or, oh, they don't understand it. But they actually do. I just think they just don't like talking because maybe they don't want to say the wrong thing or something. I don't know. Um, So we'll work on that. Or, no, I guess I'll just deal with the awkwardness. And then the next half of my class, I want to use bell hooks to talk about... Gender uh, and representation in pop culture So I think I'm going to have them just bring in a bunch of music videos And we'll just kind of analyze them and talk about it um, In the way that bell hooks were critiqued And how they also kind of think about it as well So that's how my teaching's been going That's how my class has been going And it's been really... It's been really interesting Uh, My first term teaching I definitely beat myself up a lot About teaching And I definitely overthought it a bunch And I think I still do that Um But as far as Enjoying it and Sharing knowledge It has been rewarding And I do like Teaching, I don't know if I like Teaching composition but (laughs) Um yeah, yeah Alright, I'm gonna introduce my next segment And I'm actually excited for this one Um, So I've been enjoying uh, uh, Lots of, of There's a lot of great female rappers out there And they really give me a lot of motivation To go to school And to do work I listen to them on the way to school Um, On on my way back and it's just It just keeps me like motivated And so I wanted to, to, to create This segment so That I could Um Discuss rap lyrics And I may analyze Them I may just talk about how clever They are um And I'm gonna call this classic shit And This is totally inspired by, um, Alante, who has the podcast Black and in Grad School. Every episode, she has a segment called Lessons from the Trap, where she, um, names, uh, where she says rap lyrics, um, that she is motivated by, um, and so that's how she begins her episode, um, and so I just want to Give that shout out to her because this idea is like totally, um, inspired by that. So here is classic shit. All right, so our first song for this segment is going to be a song called "Hood Red Shit" from Megan Thee Stallion, and I've recently discovered Megan Thee Stallion. Like maybe over the summer. I mean, I'm pretty sure that is the same for everyone, but like. She's so, like, her lyrics are so funny, and it, it's, she's really good, and I, and I and I like her music a lot. So, the lyric I'm gonna pull from, for this week is from Hood, Red Ship, and uh, I'll just read the lyric, and then I'll just kind of give my kind of take on it. Okay, the lyric goes, <laughs> and I think it's so funny. Bitch keep talking that shit from your Honda Hoes love to act But they ain't with the drama Want my spot Gotta fight like Wakanda Bitch run up And get hit with the one done (laughs) Um, Okay first of all Why does she point out A Honda Like is that I, like it, see, it seems like the Honda is just like I don't know it's like putting It's not It's like putting someone in their place By saying like look You talking from a Honda While I guess whatever Megan Thee Stallion is driving Isn't a Honda And maybe it's like a more expensive car um, So I, I think there's that And then I don't know. Like, are people with Hondas, like, annoying? Do they always talk shit? That, I, I wonder about that. Um, okay, so hoes love to act, but they ain't with the drama. Yeah, so that's saying, like, you know, people like to act like, you know, they're gonna run up, if you will. <laughs> um, but they're not really gonna do it. They're, they're... They're, they're not with, <laughs> they're not with, uh, they're not with the, the trying, I don't want to use the word, but they're not with, like, actually trying to act on, like, this kind of, like, aggressive or, like, fighter kind of persona they're trying to give off. And then she, okay, so, want my spot, gotta fight, like, Wakanda, so... So this whole I think this whole song is about fighting But you gotta fight like Wakanda Obviously is a Black Panther reference um, And Gotta fight like Wakanda So who's trying to Is the person Is the person in the Honda Trying to take your spot Megan the Stallion and why do they gotta So and then them that, that, You know they fought Wakanda they fought Like that was a huge fight So this is going to be a very big fight If you really want to Take Megan the Stallion spot Wow this is clever Because she's like You are gonna have to really really Fight me If you want to have what I have Or be What I am And if I was driving a Honda, I don't think I would want to, to, to get, to, to run up and get hit with the one done. I don't think I would, I would want to do that. I think I would just, I think I would just drive away in my Honda with a good gas mileage. I really don't know what's wrong with, with, with Hondas. I don't get it. Hmm. Um... But okay, so that is an excerpt from Hood Red Shit by Megan Thee Stallion. And that has been some classic shit. So for this next segment, I'm gonna call this On My Bookshelf. And basically what I'll do is each week, I'll do a recommendation of a book, a movie, or TV show. I'll talk about it a little bit. Um, I might just gush over it, I might unpack it a bit Um, And it's just so that I can share what I'm reading And hopefully hear back from you guys about what you're reading um, And watching And yeah, so this week on my shelf is James Baldwin's If Bill Street Could Talk I read this over the winter break Um, and I know there's a movie about it and I saw the movie and it was really, really beautiful, but the book, it, it was just so captivating to me. I couldn't put it down and I just really like, um, how James Baldwin talks about, uh, black men in the, in the, so black men in the story and vulnerability and sexuality and then he's also writing from the perspective of this pregnant woman and he's able to just really like get into he he does a really good interior like kind of like what she's thinking on the inside he does a really good job at describing that and putting you in her mind and there's this really pretty scene about when she's when she feels the baby moving and then that's somehow connected to um the main character, her their her um partner that gets uh wrong wrongly accused and who's in jail and they're trying to get him out of jail. And then um there's just some really nice moments that you get from the perspective I mean from the Man's Perspective Um The main ca- male character I think his name is like Fonzie funny Um I just think that's a really interesting character Um Just in terms of Thinking about Masculinity Thinking about how it's Constructed And I think it's set in the 60s Or 50s maybe Um just thinking about it in those terms and thinking about it in terms of when James Baldwin writes this, which I think was 74 when it's published. Um, I just like, I, I just never heard, heard of the novel. Uh, if both could talk. And I really think James, it's a really good book for thinking about black masculinity and its relationship to, um, black womanhood and um, Black motherhood um, And that's I, I say, say all this in these terms Because I think that's kind of What I'm thinking about f- in terms of The things that I like to research um, Those kind of connections With black masculinity Black womanhood and black mothers um, I'm still Working it out but James Baldwin If Bill Street Could Talk was definitely a great book to read for me, and um, I hope y'all will pick it up if y'all haven't read it yet. And please share any recommendations that you have, whether it's a book, movie, TV show, um, and I'm always open to new- to watching or reading new things. Um, I asked my students what they were watching on Netflix. And a lot of them said you and I started watching it and I said, Y'all, this shit is crazy. How y'all watch this show? And they were like, It's so good, it's so good. I'm like, I can't even finish it. Um, but yeah. All right, moving on. Uh my last segment is a segment I'm calling I'm so done. And it basically just at the end of the episode I'm just gonna lay it out and rant about something that bothered me for the week or things that I've been seeing on social media which I try not to see a lot of things on social media because social media is so draining um but this week I am so done with seminars um so the seminars are the classes that we have to take to get our degree um And I know I'm just in my second year and I have another year of coursework, but I'm just so done with having to sit in seminars and deal with people's personalities. And I mean, it's just like sitting in the classroom in general, just being, but it's something particular about being in grad school and there being people that want to show off how smart they are, people that talk so loud, people that. I just want to suck up to the professor And it's like oh my god why are you doing this I, I'm just so tired Like I wish I could just Go to the class and Or I wish I didn't even have to go to class I wish I could just read The book on my own And just meet with the professor But it's like The seminar room For me And I don't know if it's just because I'm a black student Black graduate student the seminar for me, it's not a comforting space. It's more like a war room because I'm often taking classes that I haven't had a prior background in. And other people who have gone to, um, more resourceful, who come from a more resourceful background, um, will have knowledge of this stuff and will talk in these big words and. I used to get to the point to where I, I used to got I used to get to a point or feel as though I couldn't say anything, but now I just kind of at, I can just kind of ask more questions than s- say statements. So when people say big words and things like that, I always ask, "Oh, well, when you say this word, what do you mean?" Or I'll just bl- bluntly ask, "What does this mean?" And usually there's you know, a I get a response and then usually I'll then begin to understand um, and then I can contribute to the conversation. But just the fact that I even have to ask is annoying. Um, and then just I don't like talking in seminars. It's just like, again, it's a war room. It feels like a war room. Um, and that's not all seminars. It's just some of them. Um, yeah, so I'm curious what other grad students feel about that. Um, if y'all want to share your, your, your seminar trauma with me, (laughs) um, we can all bond over that. And then lastly, um, I know this is like old news, but I'm so done with these damn Oscar nominations and the fact that us didn't get nominated and Lupita Nyong'o didn't get nominated. Like when I saw us. I said Lupita Nyong'o is going to win the Oscar for this There's no debate But the nominees that they have I don't even know who the nominees are um, I don't think that It was Like the talent is clearly not there For the nominees that are Nominated I mean I'll give it I haven't seen Harriet I know Cynthia Erivo is nominated But I haven't heard good things about Harriet um, And I kind of felt I didn't. I didn't go see it because I saw that it was rated PG thirteen, and I said, "How can you tell the story the, the story of Harriet Tubman and it's it's censored? I don't want to see a censored version of Harriet Tubman's life. Um, I I so I didn't want to support that. Um, but I I think I'll I mean I'll definitely end up watching it because Cynthia Revo is an amazing actress. But anyway, back to Lupita i think she should have won it this year that was one of the best performances i've ever seen um i think i mean i think it's been called one of the best film performances ever and it hasn't gotten nominated and us in general hasn't gotten nominated and i think this just is kind of it's just speaking to how um black artists and black art is being received um actually April Ryan who had who founded the or who created the hashtag um Oscar So White she actually gave a talk at um UO this week and she was basically saying that you know there's two there's one step forward and two steps back and with this year with the nominees There was two steps back And how There was this kind of like This kind of How do you say The Oscars did want to change the diversity But it didn't really change the diversity And that's clear in the Way that the nominees turned out this year Um, But yeah I don't know I don't, I, I, I don't know why I get kind of like upset about these things, but sometimes it feels good to know that things that you like watching and people that you find amazing get rewarded for that. But then again, I say, oh, you know what, just because this mainstream thing doesn't accept this person. Doesn't mean that they aren't great And I'm still gonna claim that Lupita, Lupita Nyong'o won the Oscar For this year, I don't care who wins uh, Lupita Nyong'o With school um, Make sure to follow the podcast On Instagram and Twitter At GoBlackBoyGo And you can listen to the podcast On iTunes, Spotify, and Podbean And if you Have time You can leave a review On itunes and that really helps me out um i seen a few reviews on there that i didn't know i had and um it just kind of gave me a more more of a motivation to get back into uh podcasting and so uh for those 13 reviews i really appreciate all of them um and Mm -hmm. i thank y'all for listening